Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I am honored and privileged to have Crystal and Dedrick Polite in the building. My fellow Bostonians, we're holding it down all across the United States of America. How are you guys? Yes, thank you, Pam. We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Hey, Pam, how's it Good going? <laughs> Listen, we're, we're having a good time. I'm just blessed. I mean, you guys are literally dropping season two today. Today. today today is the launch day it's on hulu right now all 10 episodes of our second season of our house flipping reality show 50 50 flips on hulu right now oh my goodness we were just talking about god working overtime and i'm telling yes, you guys, where he is and especially through you both i mean i've been watching you and i've been hearing your story where it's in the same mastermind and family and i'm just like every time i'm like man they're just amazing that's a power couple right there they're just out there cranking it and the end while you're doing good for the community, right? Like everything that you guys are super focused on helping other people elevate. And like, there's just so much that I want to hear about and ask you today, just about your journey, your story and all the things for both of you. And I always like to take way back. I'm, I'm a throwback kind of gal, but this is like way, 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 way back. So <laughs> growing up for both of you, like, what did you both want to be when you grew up? Like, what was like the childhood dream? Of course, sports was big for me. So I wanted to be an NFL player or NBA player. But secondary to that is I wanted to be a real estate mogul. And I remember, you know, I was born in a small town in South Carolina. My mom moved to Boston in the 80s for better opportunities. And we would drive up I-95 going and down 95 to visit family every year. And we would drive to New York City. I'd see the big skyscrapers and all the massive buildings, you know, with the big names on it. I'd be like, one day I want to own one of those buildings. I want to be in real estate. And as God would have it, 30, 40 years later, here I am as a real estate investor and developer. Mine was nothing of the sorts. <laughs> For me, it's crazy. Since I was born, I wanted to. My mother said from birth, I've always said, uh, I wanted to be an attorney. Actually, I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to own my own law firm. And I wanted to hire homeless people to train them and staff them because I'm very huge on helping the homeless population. So I've been saying that since I was like four. Yeah. That was my goal all the way up until I got into college. And I would say like my freshman year, by the end of my freshman year, I was a professional dancer at a young age as well. So by the time um, I got into college, I was dancing already professionally. And I got into modeling from dancing, that natural progression. And I always... I had ended up writing, producing, directing my own stage play around the my freshman year. In college, right? In college. Yeah. From there, I was like, hmm, I love this. I want to, you know, let me. And it, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I knew from day one, I was never going to be able to work for anyone. So I just thought it was going to be law. So I ended up changing my major to business because I wanted to get into business after doing my stage play, taking it on tour at 18. Of course, I got Rob Blind, you know. Uh, business partner. <laughs> from a business partner. Y'all but- thinking, What, 10, 20,000 a show? Right. I was 
coming in with 500. He was he was handling the money. <laughs> but I wouldn't change anything because it taught me so much in life. But from that point, I said, you know what? I want to get into business and owning my own business. And I didn't, at that point, I was just, it was, you know, I wanted to get into producing as well and directing because I was doing it. Um, now with our TV show, right? you were pretty much the executive producer. If you ask my executive uh, producer, Mickey, he'll tell you like, okay. Oh, he's from Boston too. He'll be like, I'm the showrunner, but Crystal runs your show. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> so I guess I lived out oh, my sorry. dream a little bit too. Look at you. That is incredible. That is incredible because you both are living it out in your own way, right? Which mm -hmm. is yes, magic, you know? And so it is, they say, right? So it's like yeah. when you say it, when you work towards it, it's like nothing's stopping that. Nothing's Listen. stopping that. Yeah, That's God is good. It literally came full circle from our childhood dreams. We're now doing what we dreamed of. That's incredible. That's incredible. And that's the most beautiful thing to see because that's when you're living in your purpose. You're living in flow. You're living in all the things. And that's when everything else manifests as it should, right? Mm -hmm. Which is there you go. Which is incredible. And like I what I would love to know is how you two cross paths because it's like you, but I mean, it sounds like destiny to me because listen, you're both living out your dreams and now you're able to do it together as a union, which is even more beautiful. So I would love to hear it because Crystal, I, I heard you tell the story at family before and I was laughing so hard <laughs> on how this was going down. So how did you- How we met. <laughs> how we met. All I got to say is on Hyde Park Ave in Boston. Anybody knows in Boston, Hyde Park Ave, how did right. we meet? So, um, and a lot of people forget that we are from Boston, right? Except for the people here. So especially with me, they'll hear- I try to not sound so Bostonian at times. They hear her accent. They hear, they hear the, the accent the off the bat. But we met in Boston because that's where we grew up. So um, High Park Ave at the gas station at the corner of High Park and Cummins Highway. Cummins Highway. Never go to this gas station because I was like, every time you go, ain't no gas here. This is a drug front. It does a, front, a drug operation. They, they would never have in. fuel at the gas station. Never. <laughs> and the only reason why I stopped that day is because I was on E, you know, normally. <laughs> you know, women usually run it till you can't run it no more. Underneath E. Yeah. And I was on below E. I said, I got to stop or I'm going to be pushing and I'm too cute to push. <laughs> so let me go on and stop. I stopped the guys with gas and Dedrick actually was on the other side of the pump. And I tell people pump six. I never um, stopped there either. And we were literally at pump six and he came over and started talking to me. We started talking. He, we exchanged business cards with each other. And I only did that just to let him know where my head was at mm -hmm. the time. Right. It's easy to be like, Oh, here, put my number in your phone. He yeah, put my number in he your phone. He gave me a business card. I gave um, her my business card. Yep. And did ask her, she had some shades on and she was absolutely beautiful. That's why I went up and talked to her. She has some shades on. I did ask her to take off her shades. And she asked me later, like, why did you ask me to take off my shades? I was like, I wanted to make sure you didn't have a wandering eye. I'm like, everything <laughs> yeah. else is straight. I just, I got to make sure that that eye wasn't wandering and we good to go. <laughs> Literally, he did. 
God. You know what's hilarious about this? Like, I can picture this whole thing happening because I know exactly what gas station you're talking about. It's across from Atlas Liquors. And it's yep. a massive gas station for absolutely no reason. For absolutely no reason. So I can picture this whole thing going down and Crystal literally passing you the card be like, mm-hmm, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, is that she called her best friend right after we met and was like, I just met the man I'm going to marry. I call one of my best friends like I just met the most beautiful woman woman I've ever I've ever seen. And uh And it wasn't because he just blew me away. It wasn't because I was like, oh my God, he's the one. That's not why I called. I said that I called her because I've been dreaming about him for probably 10, 15 years. And I never saw his face. Never saw his face. I knew what his body looked like. I knew what his legs, his arms. I knew what everything looked like, but this face. And I've been dreaming of this guy for probably 10, 15 years. And then when he spoke, I knew the voice. So as soon as he spoke and we were talking, I was like, hmm. And literally in the middle of conversation, he probably don't even realize. I was just like, hmm, okay. And so that's why when he left, I was like, holy crap, that's him. That's the dude I've been dreaming of all these years. And I had already... In my dreams, it was manifested. So I knew that this was the person I was going to marry because it was already in my dreams. It was deja vu. So when I called my girlfriend, and I had already been proposed to multiple times. So when I called her, I was like, yo, you're not going to believe this. I said, I said, I just met the guy that I'm going to marry. And she's like, what? Girl, please. I said, no, <laughs> I really just met the guy I'm going to marry. I said, this is dude I've been dreaming about for like 10 plus years, I was like, holy crap, I just met him. She was like, where? I said, at the gas station. So of course, then she was like, girl. <laughs> and I remember when Dedrick and I got together and I said, you know, which is funny because y'all hear it and be like, what? We got together, went out on our first business date. Um, at Joe's and in Dedham, <laughs> Joe's on Route, Route 1, All-American Grill. That was our first date, a business luncheon. <laughs> and... He had literally said to me, he was like, oh, um, yeah, you know, we're talking, getting to know each other. And I was going to, what's your credit score? Okay. What's your three-year goals? What's your five-year goals? Are you an entrepreneur? Oh, really? What are you doing the entrepreneurial realm? Okay. How's that been going for you? How long have you been doing it? Do you plan on staying in Boston forever? Because anyone who's planning on being with me has to be prepared to move. I said, I won't be here in the next couple of years. So we went back and forth over real stuff. Like, you know. This was our first date. And it was like an interview. Yeah. So she was interviewing me. And I was interviewing her as well, right? Because, of course, the physical package, we were both attracted to each other. But we were like, she had to make sure she knew where my head was at. And I had to make sure I knew where her head was at. And that we were equally, equally yoked. And it was after that. He came to me. He was like, oh, I, I want to be with you. I said, no, you're not ready. I said, I And I, I, I wasn't ready at the time. I was 28, you know, still used to being a bachelor, living my best life. I wasn't ready. I was still kind of getting that partying out, out my system. And she was right. I told yeah. him, I said, listen, he was like, no, no, I want to be with you. I said, no. Of course, I protested. I was like, no. I said, I'm you're ready. not ready. I said, come back in a year and we'll revisit this. I said, listen, I want you to go off. Enjoy your life. She said, sow your royal oats. Sow your royal oats. Literally. I said, I want you to party. Said. I want you to travel, ride your motorcycle, sleep with other girls, go out there, pop bottles. I want you to have fun, come back in a year. And if you are still interested in being with me, then we can revisit this. And it took him a couple of weeks to see that I was serious. And then he was like, oh, 
she's for real. And then he finally went off and lived his life. And that's because I knew he wasn't ready. And I knew if I would have forced it, then you wouldn't be speaking to us today because I'm not the type of woman who would have, he still had too much playing he needed to get out of his system. And I was okay with that, right? So it wasn't to me about, oh, let me rush him to be where I'm at right now. I met him where he was and understood where he was. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's okay that you are right there, right? I'm not going to force you to be where I'm at. Let me let you live your life. And then if you are still wanting to be with me, circle back and we can pick up from there and we can revisit this. Most people be like, oh, so you waited around. And I'd be like, nowhere in that. For the record, she did not wait for me. I went and lived my best life and traveled and had a lot of fun for about a good year. And then when I I was ready, I came back. I was like, all right, I'm ready for us to start dating. She was in a whole relationship with someone else. So my whole face was cracked. I said, well, damn. Okay, this is what we're doing. So when I came back and she she wouldn't pick up my phone calls, she pretty much ghosted me because she was like, look, I'm in a relationship. So this never happened to me before. She wouldn't pick up my phone calls, not answering the phone. So I literally showed up at her apartment in Rosendale, right on Conway Court, right next to Rosendale Square. And I see her car outside. So I'm like, I know she's here. <laughs> and I've never done anything like this before. I go up and I'm like knocking at her apartment door. I know she's in there, but I'm like, I'm not hearing anybody. I got my ear to the door. So I'm like, am I crazy? Like, am I doing some stalker stuff? This is kind of, that's how I knew I was in love because I'd never done anything like that before. And then finally one day she picked up the phone accidentally and she hasn't been able to get rid of me ever since. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my, you guys are incredible. I love this whole story. And I have some questions for you on these. Cause this is like, first off, how you manifested each other, I think is insane because I've heard people talk about this in the past where they're like, no, I meant like, I, I know what my par- life partner looks like. And it's like, how did you envision it? Like, did you just like, especially for you, Crystal, because you were mentioning like, you knew exactly what he looked like, everything except for his face, even down to his voice. Like how long yes. were you seeing that image before you actually like met him? 10 plus years, I've been dreaming about him. Like so consistently. To, specifically, probably about close to, since I was 20, I was dreaming about him since I was about 25. So I am the man of your dreams. Yep. <laughs> oh about- my God. Around 25, I started dreaming about him and it continued all the way. And I met you at, how old was I? No, not even. I say about 20. We met in our late 20s. About 20, 21, I started all of a sudden having these dreams. Uh, She's a visionary. So her, like she can see things before they happen. It's an amazing gift she has. Amazing. Oh my God. And Dedrick, and how did you know this was your, the one of your dreams? Had you seen her also? Yeah, so how how did I know? I mean, it was just everything about her. Obviously, she was extremely attractive. She was intelligent. She was ambitious, super ambitious. And also she coached football. So I'm, you know, I'm a big sports player. And I found out she was a, a football coach. I'm like, this girl has a total package. Like I wasn't ready to settle down, but I'm like, when I'm ready, this is the one. And you know, God definitely he knew what he was doing when he when he sent Crystal my way. Now you know, we, we gonna be full transparency. He was nowhere near ready. Okay. <laughs> no, cause men mature at different slower rates than women. Uh, so I'm in my facts. late twenties. I'm still living, you know, living a bachelor lifestyle. Um, where she was, she was more mature at that point and ready to settle down. Yeah. Much more. And I'm only a year older than him, but I my do sugar it. Mama. 
<laughs> but I knew at that point what I wanted out of life. And I knew that if I rushed him, I would ruin it. And a lot of women, when they hear the story, they're like, oh, you know, what were you thinking? What if he didn't come back? And uh, Crystal tells us, she's like, well, you would be just talking to another guy standing right next to you right now. Uh, uh, so she wasn't worried about me not not coming back, circling back around. Right. You'd it have been said of Dedrick, it'd have been Mike, uh, Daryl, Deverick, uh, Joshua. It don't matter. He has still been in the same position. But, but I a lot of men appreciate, you know, her perspective as well. Yeah. I've yeah. had so many men at conferences come up to me. I've had men crying coming up to yeah, me. Yeah, like when they hear the story, they literally get emotional mm -hmm. and like break down because they will listen to the podcast and a lot of them listen to the podcast that we had done well, first time we ever explained how we met and they come up to me at the conferences and they'd be like, you know, that change, that podcast changed my life. It made me have some real conversations with my wife. Um, one guy came up to me and he said for Easter, him and a bunch of their friends from college always get together couples and they got together and we were at a conference in Charlotte and he said, I made everyone sit down and watch this podcast and everybody's like oh god not another real estate and he was like no i want you to listen to this one particular couple in their conversation and he was like and then it ended and they all had for the first time real deep conversations with their wives he was like and it was crying it was yelling it was hugging he was like every emotion was in the building because for the first time we were really transparent with each other and he was like you know and i told my wife I was him. I was Dedrick. I wasn't ready when we got married, but I felt like, you know, the pressure you was putting on me, it was either now or I was going to lose you. Where had you just allowed me to, you know, a little bit more time and for me to get some stuff out my system, we wouldn't have had so many problems the first four or five years of our marriage. He was like, you know, there was a lot of infidelity. And he was like, it wasn't until I heard you speak that it explained why and how something like this could have been different had someone would have given me the choices that you gave your husband. He was like, and then for me saying that everyone, all of my friends had those God conversations yeah, me too. with their wives and was like, yo, if we're going to be honest, you know, me too. He's like, and then, you know, he was like, of course our wives was like, oh no, that was not you. And then they were like, well, how are you going to tell me how I'm supposed to feel? I was feeling <laughs> Um, and I tell people it's no right way or wrong way. That was just my way. When we met, I just, I knew he wasn't ready and I wasn't going to force him to be something that he wasn't. What God had for me was for me. So I wasn't worried about him not returning. I love that. I was just about to say, because, you know, from a woman's perspective, like that is that's incredible. And from a man's perspective, both ways that you look at this and what I'm interested in hearing a little bit more on crystal is like, how did you have the strength to kind of recognize that and be able to put that boundary out there and to say like, hey, listen, no, you're not ready. Like, you know, because that takes an extreme amount of strength and, that, and, and confidence within yourself and within God, right? To know like, hey, what's mine is mine. And if it's meant to return, it will return, right? So you have that level of faith that's like unshakable, which is so incredible to see. And I feel like that had a lot to do with it, but I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on that for the ladies listening that are like, oh my God, I could never do that. They'd be like, nah, he's not going to be with any other girl. Mm, you know, like that kind yeah. of thing, right? But it's like, when you really love somebody, you give them that space to grow mm -hmm. and then you let it manifest as it should, 
right? So I would love, love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, there's ladies listening right now that are like, oh, hold on, Crystal. How- yeah, because I heard from a lot of them. <laughs> they DM or two, like, you need to get your head checked. <laughs> hey, I heard from a lot of them. What if he like, didn't come back? Your face would have been cracked if he didn't come back. I, I've heard it from women who was like, yo, I really appreciated hearing what you had to say because it made me think of stuff differently and how I was conducting myself. And then I heard from women like, yeah, well, you, your face would have been crap if he didn't come back. And you don't know what he was doing when he wasn't with you. I said, he was doing what I told him to do, which is, I don't care what you do. <laughs> Get out there and live your life. I, I told him party, travel, ride your motorcycle, sleep with girls, pop bottles, any what and everything <laughs> that makes That's you all. happy. I want you to go do and it is exactly that, Pam. My faith is too strong in what God has for me. I don't ever want what someone else has because it was never meant for me. If it is, God is going to put it in my path. And Amen. with Dedrick, it was, I knew from the day I saw him at that gas station that God had already put him in my path. My my story ain't changed. Everybody who knows me know the story has been the same. What year did we meet? 2009. 2009. My story ain't changed. It's been the exact same story. I've been, I dreamt of him for, since I was in my twenties. And when I heard his voice, I knew who he was. So I knew God had at that point point. Now Dedrick and I, Boston, you know, people, you know, but people who aren't from, there don't realize Boston is small. Mm -hmm. It really small is. When you see circles. big cities and you'd be like, because the circles are small. So we come to find out Dedrick and I were at so many of the same events, so many of the same. We were on boats together. And, you know, they masquerade these events as networking events. And never ran into each other, never ran each into each other. And we were on some of the same boats, parties, never saw each other. And I told him that was because God knew it was not our time to meet. He also knew had we met any other time, we would have immediately been drawn to each other immediately so he knew at those times that wasn't the time he wanted us to meet mm -hmm. so we didn't and the time which is weird out of all the places we know now it's been at least 10 to 12 events that we were at the same event same exact event so we never crossed paths and it wasn't a happenstance at a gas station pump six <laughs> out of all places i said that was nobody but god who did that yep. so i tell women this what is meant for you will be yours. And whether you give this man a month, two months, six months, or a year, if he is meant to be with you, God is going to make sure that that happens. But rushing him or rushing her if she's not ready, because had he met me probably a year before, tables would have been turned. I wouldn't have been ready at that point, right? I'm a realist and I probably want to be greatest realist most people will ever meet because a lot of stuff that come out my mouth shocks people that this is how I think, but I believe in meeting people where they are. And for Dedrick, if we would have gotten together one day sooner, it would have ruined what I knew we were destined to build. That's why when we sat down and we had that conversation, I didn't care about his favorite food because I wasn't cooking it. I didn't care about his favorite color. I didn't care about none of that cute stuff that you think about, all that stuff of non-substance on dates. I didn't care about that. I was trying to get to know him surface level. Now we've been 18, 19. Oh, I'm cute. Oh, what kind of sneakers you like? You know? Oh, okay. What's your favorite movie? 
<laughs> nah, we in our late twenties. At that point, I was trying to build, and I was in Boston, and I was trying to get a nightclub in Boston at the time. Like I was, I wasn't there anymore. My mindset wasn't on being cute and looking cute as look so up. I don't got that type of time. Nah, my clock. You ready thinking, to build or you know, not? <laughs> I'm ready to build. And that was the clock I was talking about because I wasn't even thinking about kids. I was thinking about building something. And you have a short window at times of when you got that energy to run these streets. And that's what I was thinking of. So that's why I tell women, don't ever worry about whether or not he's going to come back. I can guarantee you he ain't going to come back if you put him in a position or put her in a position as to where they're not ready when you do get together, you've already set yourselves up for disaster. It's so true, Crystal, because you could have the right partner, but if it's the wrong timing, you could destroy it all. Yeah, That's it. Timing is everything. It really is. Oh That's my it. God. That's powerful yeah. stuff. My goodness. My goodness. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm amazed. So after Dedrick came outside your house, and, or, and when you answered that phone call, so how did it go from there? Like, how did you guys get from that, right? You being in, a, in another relationship and then now to getting to where you are today and building, because you guys are literally, quite literally building an empire together at this point, which is incredible. You know, you've got your show, you're out there cranking it out with the flips. You're also coaching and educating people and helping them elevate as well. So like from all fronts, you guys are just doing it and you're doing it together. And it is so inspiring to see. And I just absolutely love that. And I love that from day one, it came from a place of realness, right? And authenticity where you recognize what was what at that point in time and, and the timing as well. And then was able to kind of go on and build this, which is incredible. Because I think real estate was something that that was new for both of you. Yeah. In the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we both came from corporate backgrounds, but when we got together, I, I always wanted to get into real estate, but I was more of a entrepreneur, right? She was a true serial entrepreneur. So I mean, when we first started dating, I had a two, a three family in Mattapan. I lived in a basement, rented out the top two floors. I bought it when I was 25. She was renting an apartment in Rosendale. She was always over my place. And I heard about Airbnb. This was 2012 from a coworker. And he's like, yeah, when I go to New York, you know, I make money in my apartment every weekend. So I had just gotten laid off. I was working at HubSpot in Boston and had just got laid off. And I was all depressed, right? Because of my educational background, like getting fired. It was like, people don't talk about that. Like, And I was all walking around depressed. And she finally gave me a kick in the pants. She was like, all right, forget that job. You, They lost you. You didn't lose them. She was like, go ride your motorcycle, clear your head. And I want you to focus on what you're really passionate about, which, which you really want to do. And I was like, hey, um, you're always over here. Your apartment's sitting vacant. How about we rent out, rent out your apartment? We can make some extra money. She, I, mean, I was like, no, well, matter of fact, we can't do that because your brother's staying there. And she was like, hold on. He was staying there. Let me make a phone call. So she <laughs> calls her brother and was like, hey, listen, you got to move out in two weeks. And he was like, no, no, I'll, I'll start paying rent. He hadn't been paying the rent right now. He wants to start paying rent. <laughs> So he moved out, we furnished it, we put it on Airbnb and within like three or four months, we made like 30, 30 grand on Airbnb. So that was, this is when we first, we were just dating. So that was our first business venture together. And from there we had multiple other businesses. A lot of them failed, but we learned to work together. And uh, that was the start of it. That's amazing. Yep. This yeah. was his dream from the start was real estate. And this is why I tell people in understanding us dating, I think, we might have been dating. What were we did? Might have been dating no about two months in when he had gotten laid off. 
and he was definitely depressed. And I was like, Lord have mercy. Oh my God. After a few days of me moping around, she was over. See, I'm one of the people who I'm on go all day long. Women, we don't have time to just sit and soak. And for him with his educational background and how, you know, when you go to Ivy League schools, this just don't happen to them, right? No one well, talks about it. Nobody talks about it, at least. For me, Look, I try to time mine. If I'm gonna get fired, do me right before the before the summer. So you can enjoy your summer. <laughs> so I can enjoy my summer with my unemployment check. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I was. In my what in my 20s. And I told Dedrick, I said, look, after I gave him a good week, I mean, and I I, I struggled to do that. I gave him a good week, <laughs> let him, you know, be to himself. Uh he come back, still got them same clothes on. I, I I was the same clothes for a week. I guess I really was depressed. Oh, he got the same robe on. I was like, looking like a homeless man. Yes, I came in. I said, okay, look, we ain't gonna keep doing this. I said, and these are my words. I said, f that job. Job lost you. You didn't lose no job. Okay, you ain't gonna sit up here and tie your self worth into your net worth. Mm. You are bigger than that. I said, let me tell you something. You're going to get your ass up off this sofa, change these clothes. I said, and you are going to now live out Dedrick's passions in life. You're going to do what you want to do. You're going to find what you were meant and God ordained you to do in life. And it was not this. I said, otherwise you still be there. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I said, you're going to get out there. You're going to ride that motorcycle, clear your head. I said, and do what you do. You're gonna, you are going to manifest what you now want to do in life. And I told him, don't worry about these damn bills. Don't worry about none of that. I will handle that. You worry about you. And that's when I knew she was a keeper. She was like, you got a mortgage? Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll handle, I'll hold this down. And I'm like, man, you know, it's not many women who would do that. Like a lot of women would be like, oh, you got fired. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, but what he did, and I've heard women with the backlash when they heard that part, they was like, oh, well, you'd have been upset if he'd have sat there and did nothing. And you'd have been paying all these bills and he's out there living his best life. I said, I would have never known because that ain't the type of man I go for. And I so, want a letter for you. Uh, but it ain't about that. I don't go for them type of men. So <laughs> that would have never been me to begin with. Like, you got to understand the type of men that you attract. I would have never attracted a man who was willing to live off a woman. So I already knew that wasn't him. He got up. Next thing I know, within not even a week, he was coming to me. Like, he had already incorporated his own business. He was had already had speaking engagements at Harvard. Yeah, Harvard Innovation Lab. I was speaking there, consulting. Already had a whole consulting business built. Then came to me with Airbnb all within a week's time of him now focusing on his God-given purpose for being here. And people talk about, oh, well, what if he, ain't no what if he, he did exactly what I knew was in him. He just needed someone to believe it and to push him in that direction. And from there, we literally started building two months in dating. We just started building from there, building what our future was to look like. That's amazing oh my gosh like i get the crazy thing is like i can literally envision this whole thing going down it now from when you first met and then now up until this point i can picture you guys is like renting out the airbnb giving out the lockbox code for that everything like all that stuff coming together that's incredible that's incredible it was was 2012 too (laughs) you see 
that's crazy. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. I love all of this, man. This is, inc this is incredible. And I love how you've built each other up on, on both. And Crystal, what I love so much is like how certain you are in your faith, which basically ensures that every element of your life is situated, right? You're like, I already know, like that would never do that. I would have never attract that type of man, right? That would live off me. Like you just knew already. So it's not even anything to be bothered with, right? Like that is Absolutely. so powerful. Like that is strength mm -hmm. at the highest level that yeah. I've ever seen, period. Mm -hmm. And of course there's challenges, there's ups and downs, there's tribulations we've had to go through throughout the process. But again, her faith and our faith has definitely got us through. Amen. And then moving down to South Carolina, when did that whole thing, when did that whole thing go down? And then how did you start on the 50-50 flips and how did that manifest into, into everything? Yeah. So in our first date, she asked me, do you see yourself staying in Boston? And I was like, no, I'm not tied to Boston. She was like, good, because I'm not going to be here. So a couple of years later, her mom, who was from North Carolina, retired and was like, I'm going back home. And she's a mama's girl. So she was like, well, um, honey, I'm following my mom. I can't do it without my mom. So I'm moving to North Carolina. And I was like, well, you ain't going to leave me here in Boston. Ain't nothing here for me. So I followed her. I'm like, we moving to North Carolina. We moved. Right? So we packed up our cars in 2012 and we moved to North Carolina. Yep. And I moved here. Um, didn't have a job. But again, within yep. 30 days of landing here, I got a job. And um, we just started started building our empire here. Yep. And my my job, I was able to work from home. So I was able to, and you know, from Boston to here, I was able to take care of everything that we needed just on my salary until he got his, because you know, the pay differential from Massachusetts to down south. So when we got here, it was, Dedrick was doing a little bit more research into the whole real estate thing. And he kept looking at people who were wholesaling. He was like, yo, I found this thing called wholesaling. On YouTube. On YouTube. And he kept telling me about it and showing me all these videos. And the thing is with me, I'm not reading and I'm not watching no videos unless I'm doing it. I'm not going to waste my time on absolutely nothing unless I'm doing it. That's how my mind works. It. So when he kept showing me, I just look at the Bible. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, look at it. And the first person he found was a, a friend of ours now, Nas, Nasser, the guru. And he was like, oh, this dude's right in Charlotte. Woo -woo. Reached out to him. Then he found Max. And then he was like, oh, look at this dude. He's right here beside us doing it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. See, it's real. When you see people who look like you, talk like you, like, oh, they're doing it. You can actually, this is legal. You can do it. It works. And, and that's all I need to see. He kept talking, kept talking. And I said, okay, so what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we doing this or what? So then I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I then started. You started researching, researching it. <laughs> and once she starts doing research, we doing it. We doing Next it. Next thing you know, she's setting up LLC. She's like, we got marketing campaigns going. Like we're, we're going to conferences. Like if I'm going to research it, we're doing it. I'm not going to waste my time on it because I'm about action. Like I'm a serial entrepreneur. So if I could have a different business every day, I probably would. So we started doing conferences and we started going to meetups and I'd inform our company and all of this and going on YouTube university. And from there, we just kept educating ourselves. And it took us a little over a year and a half before we actually closed our first wholesale deal. 
we were trying to figure it out ourselves initially. Right, right because my baby's frugal. Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know the value of spending <laughs> money on coaches and mentors. I'm like, why am I going to pay them twenty thousand dollars? I don't got two nickels. You know, we were just working regular jobs, living paycheck to paycheck. But once she broke it down to me, she's like, no, find someone that's doing what you want to do. Not ten years ago, but now, pay them for their expertise. That's going to shorten our shorten our learning curve. So instead of it taking us five years to get there, we can get there in two years. And I was like, oh, so we invested in a mastermind. This is in 2017. We hired a coach, 2017. Multiple coaches. And we started hiring coaches and mentors to teach us different aspects of the business from wholesaling to flipping houses. To, to marketing. marketing. Once you specialize in just marketing. Creative financing. Yep. All that stuff. And that's where people ask us, like, what's the secret? How'd you do what you did so fast? It was investing in our education. So, you know, seven, eight years in, we've spent over a quarter million dollars just in coaches and mentors and consultants, but that's allowed us to make millions. Amen. Absolutely. You turn decades into days. That's really. Exactly. There you go. Decades into days. I might right? have to borrow that one, Pam. Decades right. into days. Decades into days. That's a bar, sis. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though, because it's like when you're hiring the best of the best, you really are taking their years and years and years of experience and you're condensing it into days. Mm. So it's like when you guys talk about coaches, I mean, that's how it was with me too. I, I got into the game in like 2013, but I hired a coach because I was like, hey, first off, there is no way I'm going to attempt to do this shit myself. <laughs> okay. That was yeah. like, first off, there's money at stake. There's so much risk. And if something goes sideways, I'm screwed. <laughs> so I was right. like, I'm not even going to attempt. Right. So I love that you guys did that too. And you invested in yourselves and your knowledge, because look, you invest to, to a 50 K but you make millions. It's the ROI on that, right? Like you 10 X that. And that's yep. incredible. Yeah. look what You've built as a result of that and, and your proximity because it turned into something incredible and you're continuing to build on to that too. Exactly. Just getting started. Just getting started in every day. And like I, we tell people we're still learning. Every single day we are learning something. We still have mentors. We still have people who coach us in different aspects of the real estate business that we're still interested in learning. Um, it just so happened that along the way, because of a document in our journey, networks started to see it on social media. And that's how for years we kept getting hit up in our DMs about doing TV shows and we would ignore them because we weren't interested and we had two small kids. And you know, you get these spam emails. We didn't know if they were real. Like, hey, we're the casting director. We want to interview you guys for doing a TV show. We're like, yeah, right. No, I knew they were real, but I wasn't interested. Like, what people don't understand is I'm a closet introvert, right? So it, it, I really am. I'm a closet introvert, and my family knows it. Really? You're on TV. How are you a closet introvert? Right. But <laughs> when I'm not on, like, if I don't, my choice, like, if you see, even when we're, like, at the mastermind and stuff and family, People see Dedrick, if we are not in a conference room or we are down together where we got to learn and sit, I'm up in the room somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm literally someone who kind of likes to be with my kids in the house. I'd rather be cooking, playing with them. Something. I'm just a closet introvert. But for me to be on TV, it was just like, I'm not doing that. No, nah, people all leave your business and stuff. I'm super private. So COVID hit and then I was like, we was like, oh, you know what? We should see how far we get. Like we knew they were looking at a lot of people. So A&E had finally approached us and they had been trying to get to us for about a year and a half. 
we find they finally got a hold of us. We got on a Zoom call with them. Me and Dedrick was like, oh, let's just see how far we get. We didn't made. think we were actually going to get it. it. We're like, let's yeah. see how far we can and get we it. And we had no intention on doing it. We was like, yeah, we ain't going to do it, but it would be fun to see how far we, we get, we can go. And then they call this girl interview with that. After interview after interview, they're like, well, you guys are in the semifinals. You're in the finals. You're one of the last few couples that we're talking to. And they called us and like, um, congratulations, we picked you guys. And we looked at each other like, oh, shoot, we got a show. Like, yeah, and we kind of have like, to do this now. That is like, babe, I don't really want to do no TV show. And at first it was me who I was like, yeah, we're not doing this. And they're just like, let's just see how far we can go. Then when they came, it was like, yeah, we would love for you guys to do it. I was like, that was like, babe, we ain't doing no TV show. I was like, well, we kind of got to do it now because we didn't, you know, they didn't look at all these people, canceled them out for us. I said, we can't kind of go back on our word now. I said, they don't. It, you know, too much has been invested. He's like, so? <laughs> <laughs> I got co-feed at the last minute, but then we're like, all right, this is the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Let's do it. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. And I love that. But, hey, listen, it was all written. That's all God, right? Like, that's it's God's timing. You know, there's a reason it was you compared to anybody else. And I love that. And, I mean, you guys were grinding for years before that because, you know, as you, as you both know, people think, this stuff happens overnight and you're like hold on a second Absolutely this is not. Girl. since 2012 <laughs> right and thank before. you thank you like and they look at it and be like oh oh when did no years you guys did this no we tell them you just decades saw it when we started documenting it and the only reason why we even did that is because in a mastermind and that's why i tell people for us had never done a deal and we went to a marketing boot camp in St. Louis from one of our other coaches who uh, advised us to go to this marketing boot camp, learn how to do marketing for wholesaling. And we went and it was like, oh, we have a mastermind. You guys can join. How much was it? It was $16,000 to join this mastermind. We hadn't even closed the deal. We didn't have $16,000 in the bank, but we did have business credit. So I was like, you want to do this? And she was like, it's the only way we're going, we're going to fast track our learning curve. So I was like, all right, plunked it down on the business credit card. So once I invested that $16,000 in that mastermind, I was like, we got to do this now because I was like, my credit score is almost 800. I'm not ruining my credit. We got to actually make some money at this now. So I started taking it a lot more serious. And that was kind of the leap where we burned the ships and we were like, we're all in on this. Yeah, but we were trying to figure out how do we get private money to take down deals? And I'll never forget, we were on a Zoom call and the um, guy from the mastermind, the head of the mastermind, Damon was like, you guys need to start documenting your journey. Like, he was like, you guys are a beautiful couple. He was like, why are you not on social media documenting your journey so people can see that you are in fact doing this business day in, day out. And then they'll feel more comfortable with saying, oh, shoot, okay, you guys got this property, you got that property with loaning you money. And that was like, because of my wife, she was FBI, she don't like, not like me on social, social media. media. And they talked me into it, and I was like, all right, fine. And then he just started documenting uh, everything we were doing at that point, but it was to originally attract private investors to be able to take down a lot of these properties and in return it also attracted a bunch of TV networks. That's, that's incredible. I love that. I love it. All things in sequence. But again, it's because you took that leap and you invested in yourselves and you turned those decades into days and like you fast-tracked everything. And now look, right? Like, whoa, 
like time exactly off, you just elevate at like a whole new level right which is yep. incredible oh my gosh and I know there's people listening right now that is probably like, oh my God. Okay. So based on your whole experience in the real estate game and everything that you've built to date and then everything on the 50-50 flip, like what has been your most valuable lesson in, in the real estate world that you would want to share with anyone who's listening? I mean, the most valuable lesson from my perspective is you can get rich flipping houses, you can get rich, rich flipping and wholesaling, but you can get wealthy when you own properties, when you own rental properties, you own long-term. So 2018, we hired a mentor who taught us creative financing. He taught us how to buy properties using seller financing, owner financing, subject to, and that was a game changer because you know you can quickly run out of money when you're buying houses for a quarter million, half a million. You quickly can tap out your own cash, so then you have to look at alternative forms of financing these deals. Um, and when we learned seller finance and that changed the game, we started buying properties with 2% down, 3% down, monthly payments for 10, 20 year terms. And it allows us to really build our portfolio quickly without going to a bank and having to plunk down 20%, 25% down payments. So that was the game changer. Learning creative finance and learning seller financing was the, was huge for us. Now, there's so many lessons in this game because every, <laughs> like, every day is a lesson. Every day is a I got a lesson a day. What would you say? What's up? Because, you know, I'm always telling y'all to never do again. I would say my biggest lesson that I have learned in real estate and with real estate is, which is kind of connected because a lot of people don't understand um, the journey, right? I think my biggest lesson in real estate I learned was to put my head down and work. Um, so I did, I didn't do, and I still really don't social media where it, everyone real estate is sexy. Like it is the sexiest thing right now for everybody, everybody and their mama is in real estate. It is crazy. Uh, but everybody and their mama is in real estate. And when I tell people this, everybody got a course, everybody got something that they push it. I have seen people who have taken information that we have given them just because they asked like, you know, Hey, do you have a contract you can share? Or Hey, can you break this deal down with me for me in our DMs and stuff? I've literally seen them take the information, take documents and then, you know, repurpose them and put them back on uh, their social medias. So it's crazy. But I tell people for Dedrick and I, I learned what really helped us in the beginning in real estate is we put our head down and we worked. We didn't care about social media and what everybody else was showing that real estate was doing for them at the time. It was, this is what we want to do. Let's put our head down and achieve one milestone at a time, taking it one step at a time. And I learned what real estate has helped do for us is I eat, you eat, right? I've learned to be able to, for, well, I didn't even learn it. I, this has been ingrained in me, but for me, because real estate was Dedrick's dream, his lifelong dream, it has afforded me to be able to help other people get out of the generational poverty mm. and create generational wealth um, for their families. So I love that it has afforded that opportunity, but at the same time, real estate comes with its challenges, right? It's a very reciprocal business. You may have a deal today and not another one for 10 months. So for me, 
I've learned to plan for the future, right? We definitely have learned to be able to say, okay, listen, let's make sure that we have our ducks in a row and lined up in case we don't get another wholesale deal or another flip with the way the market's going, right? We had flips that were sitting on the market months when usually, thank God during our season, they were flying off the shelf. But as soon as it ended, interest. girl, <laughs> them interest rates hit. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, they went from 2% to 7%. The market slowed down nationwide. Ugh. And it's a totally different market now. So being able to put your head down, work, roll with the punches. But you want to talk about how, you know, real estate was my dream to get into real estate. But your dream is um, oh. family entertainment centers and leveraging real estate has helped you, has helped yep. you achieve your dream. So for him, he said, hey, listen, you know, if we do my dream... Right now, he was like, listen, I know what your dream is. He, everybody's known, he's known it since our date, our very first date, I told him what I wanted to do. And um, he said, but this is a way for us to be able to achieve your dream as well. He was like, we can utilize real estate and the capital that it brings, um, the money that we can make from that, and then fund. To, to fund your dream. And I was like, okay, say less. So what's your dream? I said, let's do it. What are we doing? Where are we at? How long going to take it? She's on board. No, no questions asked. And my dream has always been to own a chain of family entertainment centers, like the Dave and Busters and uh, Trampoline Parks, any indoor facility um, where families can get together, play, have fun. So that's exactly what we ended up doing. Because you know I wasn't going to let him forget I wrote it in our vows. It was actually in our, our wedding vows. We got married. Wow. Yeah. That she gets her trampoline parks. Yes. And uh, we bought the rights to Sky Zone, which is the largest trampoline park company in the world. We bought the rights to Burlington, North Carolina, which is where we live. And we're in the process of finding real estate right now, we're going to build a $5 million project to build a 40,000 square foot Sky Zone in our town. But real estate is affording us the opportunity to be able to do that. That's incredible. Look at that. You guys. Mm -hmm. What? That is full circle on everything. Oh my gosh. I was literally just about to ask you, like, what's 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 happening in the next few months for you guys? I mean, 50-50 flip launches today on Hulu, which is incredible. Yes. And you got you bought this rights to Sky Zone, which is amazing because they actually have one of those at in Hyde Park too. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Yep. We've been to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Like I still gotta go, but everyone talks about it. I'm like, I, I'll bring my daughters at some point, right? And then try to somewhat do it myself in there. You know, I'm no gymnast, but you know. <laughs> and then, like, and then you guys have got some amazing stuff coming up. So let's talk about that. Like, what should everybody be looking forward to? What are you guys up to next? So what's next is um is really us giving back and coaching and educating the next generation. So again, we're the product of mentors, coaches pouring into us. And by them pouring into us, we've been able to do what we've been able to do. But now we want to pour back into other people by giving them the information that, you know, is not taught in school. No one taught me how to wholesale houses. And I went to Ivy League private schools. You know, I was on full academic scholarships, but no one teaches that. But we're teaching that information that we took and changed our lives. We want to help other people change their lives, whether it's you're getting into wholesaling, flipping houses, buying rentals, creative financing. We're teaching people how to do all those different um, acquisition and disposition strategies so they can build wealth and really change their financial future. That's incredible. That's incredible. And is that launching in like the next in the next month or so? Is there a date on that? Yeah, so it's launched. So if if they go if you go to politewealthportal.com, polite, which is our last name, wealth 
portal.com. There's a training video on there. I'd say watch the training video. And anyone's interested in learning, they can set up a, a call with our team to discuss their goals, what they're trying to do, and if our program is a good fit for them. Or you can go to any of our social media channels as well. And there's links to any of our classes that we have going on, accelerators in wholesaling, seller finance as well as our coaching programs. And then we have the Sky Zone that we are actively in the middle of finding land for and in the middle of getting the design build out and things of that nature. So I'm like super excited about that because it's been a long time coming. And that's like one of many that the first, of many, the first <laughs> of many that I want, but that's what I tell people. That's how you utilize real estate, right? You utilize real estate to as a vehicle, as a vehicle yeah. to fund multiple dreams. Right. Cause I don't think anybody wakes up other than like people like that. you like, I want to be like that. Your dream was like, I want to own, you know, 2000 doors. I said, that's great. My goal in real estate was to own two doors. <laughs> well, two multifamilies. And I figured I always think Boston because that's where we're from. So we always think, you know, unless you go out, it's always multifamilies in the city. So I was like, I want to own two multifamilies, one for each son. So when they graduate college, this will be their gift from us where you can now either become an instant landlord or you can sell it, take the money, start a business, travel to the world, whatever you choose, but it's a property that's paid off. And now we're gifting it to you as a graduation gift. So those were my goals. I had two small goals and we achieved them. So I was happy with that. And I wanted to continue to build because I knew that's what he wanted. I had no problem with that. And I know it helps our future generation because if our wealth stops with our two kids, um, we would have failed them, right? When you're building generational wealth means generations beyond yours. And so that's what the goal was for me to be able to set up two, three, four generations down the line. And I don't want all of our baskets in real estate. Amen. I want I, that, all, right, all of our, oh yeah, that's right, baby. Thank you. All of our eggs in one basket and that's real estate. Um, we're serial entrepreneurs. So we've had, we own other franchises that we've owned. So I want to make sure that our kids are inheriting a portfolio that, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pass down one of the family offices that we meet hey. with. And so many of them, of, of Dedrick's friends that own family offices. I said, Oh, okay. That that's where the big money is. Mm -hmm. When you got the family offices. Yep. Amen. And you're definitely going to do that. Oh my goodness. You guys are just at the start of it. I feel like you got a whole empire you're building. You're still so young. Like imagine what's going to happen five, 10 years down the road. Like what? Yep. Just getting started. Yes. Getting started. Oh my. And I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You both are absolutely incredible, inspiring. Like I'm sitting here like digesting all this. I'm like, I learned so much from both of you just in this conversation. I know everyone who's listening is going to be like mind blown and want to connect with you and all the things. So I'll make sure we drop all the links in the notes. So just everyone who's listening, like, please check out the all the links here. So that way you guys can get connected with, with Crystal and, you know, let's elevate together. Just so grateful to be in your space and to learn from you guys and, and see what you're doing and how you're elevating your family as well as your community as well. I think that's so powerful. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for all of you. And I can't wait till we kick it in Boston very yeah. soon. 
And then also Archer family. <laughs> yes, we are long she overdue. She got twins. I know she got twins. That's why I said, are you going to be there in March? Oh, yeah. I'm coming. I was like, yep, we're, we're going to be there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're going to hang out then. We are yeah. having fun. We're long overdue for a trip to Boston. So next time we do the podcast, we'll do it right. in person in Boston. We're overdue to go up there and do a seminar as well. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate you having us on, Pam. It's always a pleasure. Always great energy when we connect with you. So Absolutely. thank you for having us on. You know, I love you, girl. Yeah, oh my god i love i love you too oh my goodness i'm just like learning everything today oh my gosh i'm like girl i gotta take notes from crystal i gotta take notes from dedrick i got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing those are amazing genuinely thank you thank you thank you sis so that's it for today's episode of underdog catch us next week always dropping on thursdays and remember if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdog.